Can you keep a secret? Welcome to Speak Now Pro Wrestling. I'm your host, Denise Salcedo. It is Friday, February 24th, and we are live here on F4W Online to talk about WWE SmackDown and AEW Rampage. And there's kind of quite a bit to get into here today. I actually started the show a couple minutes later because I was trying to figure out what the hell is going on with uh, Revolution in regards to Samoa Joe and Wardlow uh, because they kind of didn't make some things clear during the show and I think a couple of people had some questions as to what is going on they didn't announce Samoa Joe uh, Wardlow when they were going down the AEW Revolution uh, card and then on top of that they announced the uh, the face of the Revolution ladder match is going to be taking place on Wednesday's AEW Dynamite uh, and they just said the winner gets a shot at the TNT Championship and Samoa Joe is going to be on commentary but they didn't say if he's getting the title shot if the person who wins is getting the title shot on a later date or if it's going to be at revolution i don't know so it was a little unclear and i had to go back and re-watch that and it's still unclear based on what i watched so sorry for for those of you who had to wait that's what i was doing at the time um but let's get into the show everybody before i get started um please go ahead and send in uh your comments your thoughts on what you guys saw from smackdown today what you guys thought of aw rampage all of that good stuff so um i thought that both shows were pretty damn good today. I thought that WWE SmackDown had the better stories in terms of, you know, everything with the bloodline stuff that we saw with Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. And I thought that AEW Rampage had the better matches because we got some pretty good ones, including the Young Bucks and Aussie Open. So we're going to have some good stuff to talk about here today. Additionally, if you would like to support this podcast, please, by all means, send in a super chat at any point throughout the show, and I will make sure to read it here on the stream we're actually going to kick it kick things off with our first super chat of the day and this is from reggie simmons reggie simmons is in the house and reggie says uh best post game show in the biz let's effing go thank you so much to reggie for always sending in such uh lovely comments heidi ho sends in a super chat saying we're just here to taste the rainbow skittles taste the rainbow you know what I don't want to give a shout out to Skittles. They don't sponsor this podcast. If they want a shout out, they can sponsor this podcast. Steven sends in a super chat saying officially joined your membership page. Let's go. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I'm so glad you joined it. Uh, that's over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. You can officially become a member of the channel. I'm doing the entire wrestling rewind where i am watching every single well technically i'm done already guys i was gonna tweet that and i forgot um but i'm officially done re-watching every single wrestlemania it only took me 11 weeks to do so and that may sound like a lot but keep in mind i have other things to watch i'm pretty sure if it was like the only thing i was watching i could get it done a lot faster but uh i ended up finishing it in 11 weeks weeks man uh and all of the video podcasts are going up on my channel and they'll all be up by the time that uh wrestlemania 39 comes around so uh thank you so much to steven and i hope you enjoyed that when uh you know those eventually go up um all right so let's get into the show guys um we need to talk about smackdown we're gonna kick things off with smackdown and let me tell let me tell you today i was ready i was I don't know if you guys when, uh, you know, technology doesn't go your way and it, it can get very frustrating, okay? And for the most part, so because I'm in the West Coast, I can't necessarily, I have cable, right? But I can't watch the, um, the East Coast feed of SmackDown. The only way that I can watch SmackDown here in California is by watching on Fox or on Fox or Fox Sports on their app or on their website. Okay. I can, I, I don't have Hulu Live TV. I know people are going to suggest Hulu Live. I don't have Hulu Live and I don't have YouTube TV either. On top of that, the only other option is by watching on those illegal websites, those illegal stream websites where there's a million pop-ups and the chats are awful. And so it, the, Fox and Fox Sports is my go-to. Well, 
Fox Sports decided to uh, basically fail us here today, and the SmackDown stream was not working. So normally I just go to Fox Sports, and that's like where I watch the show, and I've been watching it there for, for forever now, and it's my go-to, and it didn't work. I tried online. I tried all the different websites on online. I did everything. Refresh, sign into my cable provider, sign out of the cable provider. I went on the apps. I did everything I needed to do on the apps. I tried the freaking streams, those ones that are terrible. And I, I got like a million pop-ups. So the first 20 something minutes of SmackDown, I missed because I was dealing with trying to figure out how I was going to watch the show. And I was so stressed out to the point where I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to watch SmackDown today. I don't have a podcast. How am I going to do a one hour show on a, on Rampage? And so I was thinking that this show wasn't going to happen. Well, I continued some voodoo on uh, the stream. I don't know what I did. I ended up finally watching uh, SmackDown, but I had to watch the Spanish feed today. And let me tell you, I am, as you guys know, a full-on, clearly, English speaker, but also a Spanish speaker. I'm bilingual. And so I can fluently speak and understand Spanish. With that being said, it was perfectly fine. I loved watching the Spanish stream. I thought the Spanish team did a phenomenal job on the commentary uh, for the actual matches and all of that. They, oh, it was great. But it is so hard to watch promos because you um, you have like the wrestlers speaking, right? Speaking in English, right? And then you have the SmackDown commentary team quickly translating word for word um, every single thing that they are saying. So when you understand both languages, it's so hard to focus on one specific language. Like I was focusing in on the, the, the English version and I would hear like three words and then Bam, I was hearing the translation of that. So it was so hard to focus on the promos here today. And we had some good ones. But once the show progressed, it was a little bit easier. But it but and, and then on top of that, because normally, so normally when I watch, you know, when I cover Raw, when I cover AEW Dynamite, uh, NXT, or pretty much Rampage, every show but SmackDown, um, I'm watching on Sling. On Sling, I can pause, I can rewind, I can re-listen to something, I can, uh, you know, figure things out for the most part to do a proper little coverage on it on Twitter and whatnot. And I don't ever get to do that on SmackDown. I don't ever get to rewind or anything like that. It's terrible. But um, so with that being said, I, I tried my best today with SmackDown, given that I was listening to uh, the Spanish commentary. Spanish commentary, it was fun. It didn't affect the show with like the matches or anything. I just had a hard time with the promos, though, because it was a little hard to focus. But but I, I think I made it work for the most part. So it was fine. Uh, Jeff Meachin Network sends in a super chat saying, quick, be Quick before more fighting the the storm in garage. Um, for those of you, uh, so right now in Los Angeles, we are having a storm, and this is not really our like thing. We don't ever really have storms, but we've been having one kind of like within the last twenty four hours. Powers have been going in and out. Uh, the wind has been very very bad. It's been raining. There's been thunder. There's been lightning. Uh, it hasn't been necessarily ideal, but that's what we've been kind of dealing with right now. There's like flood warnings. I mean, there's everything, and it's gonna rain for the next couple of days. Then we're gonna have a break, and then it's gonna rain again. And we're not used to this life here in Los Angeles, so. Um, um, there you go. But thank you so much to Def Meachin. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, I really enjoyed Ozzy Open versus Young Bucks and they delivered. Can't believe Ozzy Open is unsigned. They need to be signed. Still believe they should be IWGP tag team champs um, right now. So here's the thing about um, Ozzy Open and the Young Bucks. Like this was a match that I, I couldn't wait to see the second that they announced it. I feel that the reason, like part of the reason this match was announced on Rampage was because, you know, they're fully aware that Rampage necessarily hasn't been that great. And so I feel like this Rampage, they really stacked it up in terms of like the matches. I felt that the Young Bucks versus Ozzy Open, if you don't normally tune in for a Rampage and you're a fan of the Young Bucks and you're a fan of Ozzy Open, uh, I feel like this was a match that you would definitely, uh, you know, 
go out of your way to actually tune in and watch because Aussie Open versus Young Bucks was a pretty damn banger. And I'll talk about it more once we actually get to that matchup here today. But in terms of how Aussie Open performs, you, we've been seeing them a couple of times now on AEW television. And every single time they're out there, they always deliver. And they're, they're a really great freaking tag team, man. I've also gotten to see them at GCW, have a couple of matches there. Uh, that was really fun to see as well. I'm a big flan fan of, um, I'm a big flan. I'm a big flan. I'm a big fan of uh, Mark Davis and Kyle Fletcher. Uh, I did an interview with them not too long ago, and their personalities are so funny. And you should check that out. I feel like whatever you expect them to be, they're kind of a little bit opposite of that in terms of like their real life personality. So that was very enjoyable. And I'm a fan of theirs, man. Uh, Dante NYC sends in a super chat saying so over Bray hate to say it, but whatever he's doing right now, it's not for me. Also feels like Vince's influence is all over the product since elimination chamber. Now I know that has been a conversation, especially within the last couple of weeks about, you know, uh, something sort of resembling Vince, McMahon now I don't know what is going on in terms of whether or not he has any input I mean when Vince McMahon came back to WWE it was literally shoved down our throats in every like media call in the quarterly call on the press conference anytime they got the opportunity any interview they made sure to say Vince is not doing creative. He's not running creative. It is still Triple H. And they made sure to really kind of, like I said, shove that down our throats to keep telling us it's not Vince. It's Triple H. It's Triple H. It's Triple H. Now, there are a lot of things that or a lot of recent things that I necessarily have been been too fond of. I don't know if that's just I don't know. I really don't know what to even say. But in terms of Bray Wyatt, though, um, I I know that there's a lot of diehard Bray Wyatt fans. I, I understand that. And I know that a lot of people get very passionate over Bray Wyatt. Now, I'm going to be honest. I, I like the guy. I really, really do. Bray Wyatt's never really been for me per se. Uh, but with that being said, I respect the things that he tries to do. This run in WWE since he came back, there have been little things that I've liked. I liked um, really just that promo when he came back. That promo was great. That first promo that he did Love that. But everything else has kind of felt like they give us little sprinkles, but they don't do anything more. And I feel like whatever it, I thought when Bray Wyatt was coming into WWE again, I thought we were going to see a lot more different stuff. I thought there was a big idea in place and we kind of started to see it right away. Right. When we started to see all of the characters come through the crowd, when we started to see uh, uncle howdy. And so you were thinking, okay, there's clearly a big plan in place. There's a big storyline in place. And while we've been getting little pieces here and there, there has been too much too much space in between where this has been a very, very slow burn process. Now, for some people, this could work. For me, I'm not really into the slow burn type of deal. Uh, I haven't necessarily liked everything that they've been doing on a week-to-week -week basis with Bray Wyatt. With that being said, I did like what they did today with the Firefly Funhouse, and we'll get into that in just a second. Thank you so much to John Della for becoming a member here on F4W Online. It is much appreciated to John. We have a very generous super chat from Steve Peckman. Thank you so much to Steve, who says, can't wait for Charlotte and Rhea to main event night one. My eight-year-old son, Steven, says, hi first of all shout out to steven who is here uh shout out steven thank you so much for watching the show uh and then on top of that and uh, yeah so that's something that uh dave Meltzer posted today in terms of he reported today that there is a possibility that we're going to be seeing charlotte and Rhea as the main event for night one of wrestlemania with of course uh roman reigns and cody rhodes being the main event of wrestlemania too uh however it's still not set in stone yet he said it was the favorites however there's also a possibility that if they do decide or once they officially make it official that we're going to be getting most likely the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Then there's an opportunity for that to also be a possible main event as well. Uh, so we'll clearly we're only like, what, 35 days now to away from WrestleMania. We'll get some more info there in, in a hot minute. But uh, John Deller sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to John, who says, will we see Dom go against Ray after tonight? I feel like that is 
clearly the because okay and we'll we'll get to this more in a second but clearly when it comes to Dominic, he has been trying to get his dad to hit him back. He has been getting trying to convince his dad to to attack him, right? Like he wants to fight his dad. That's the whole thing. And Rey Mysterio, for the most part, has really shied away. He's not wanting to to feud with his son. He doesn't want this. He went to a whole other brand just to avoid fighting his son. So, and then he finds himself back in that drama. Uh, I feel like there's a very, very strong possibility we're going to be seeing Dominic versus Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania. However, I do think there's also a possibility we might be seeing it in some sort of tag instead of a one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know what exactly the matchup is going to be, but I'm pretty sure we're still going to get some sort of matchup, whether it's a singles between Ray and Dom or a tag team, considering that now Santos Escobar is getting um, added into this. I could see that being a possibility where we see a tag team with like Ray and um, uh, Ray and Santos Escobar and maybe Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest. But we'll see. Uh, thank you so much to John uh, Dellar for sending in that super chat as well. All right. So let's get into this, guys. Let's talk about SmackDown. So I'm going to have to kick things off where I started watching uh, SmackDown again due to all of the technical issues that I had. Um, we did get a match between LA Knight and Kofi Kingston. And this was honestly like not a bad match whatsoever. This was probably some of the best stuff that I've seen from LA Knight on SmackDown in terms of like in ring wise and, and in a pretty good minute or so. Kofi Kingston does get the win, by the way, but I want to get into Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley's face to face. So this was my favorite thing from SmackDown here tonight. So we had Charlotte Flair going out there and, you know, she's, uh, you know, just about to begin her, her spiel and she is, you know, addressing this match with Rhea Ripley. She's quickly interrupted by Dominic Mysterio. And you're thinking, oh boy, where are we going with this? What, what sort of, what sort of back and forth are we going to get from Charlotte Flair and Dominic Mysterio? I feel like had you had me predict what was going to happen in this segment, I would not have gotten, and my predictions would not have came true because I couldn't have pictured what they were going to go with on this. So Dominic Mysterio basically starts off by, you know, putting over Rhea Ripley and this and that. He starts saying that, um, he starts saying that women, that they are the softer sex. But when it comes to Rhea Ripley, it's not like that because when he, when she hugs him, that she damn near breaks his back. Now, I also got to tell you guys, when I first heard this, I understood this as loves him. I didn't hear hugs him. I heard loves him. But then everyone told me I was wrong. So I was like, oh, shit. Um, again, I couldn't rewind. So I couldn't uh, double check that. But anyways, she, he did say hug, by the way. He did say hug. Uh, Dominic says that when Rhea hugs him, it's like she's going to break his uh, back. So... Basically putting over Rhea Ripley, etc. That's fine. Uh, so they he kind of continues on talking about his mommy, his mama Sita. And finally, Charlotte Flair has kind of had enough of this. And she says, quote, I have a real Latino man at home that calls me mommy with a much thicker long pause accent. So Charlotte Flair. <laughs> was insinuating that, uh, you know, obviously her hubby, Andrade Lidolo, has, uh, you know what, that is thicker than you know who's. And so this was really freaking hilarious. But then she added thicker accents. And this was so, I loved this, guys. I loved this little back and forth where Dominic is out here talking about his woman. And Charlotte Flair's like, oh, I don't think so. Like, you know what? And obviously should have mentioned Andrade by name or anything like that since he's not part of the company anymore. But just like that, I don't care for mixed tag team matches. I've said this before. They're not necessarily my favorite. But just like that, I now want to see at some point, although I doubt this is going to happen, uh, especially because we don't know what's going on with Andrade and AEW and all of that, right? There hasn't been any updates on that. But just for the hell of it. I need at some point in this lifetime to see Dominic Mysterio 
and Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair and Andrade. Literally, just based off of this promo, I am now sold. I uh, I loved this man. This was freaking hilarious. And here's the thing with Charlotte Flair: since she came back, she has the She's been, she's supposed to be a baby face and a lot of it really hasn't necessarily been hitting yet because Charlotte Flair is such a good heel and it's so natural to see her as a heel and she's so natural in that role that even times when she's a baby face, it still kind of comes across as like a heel. This was the first time since she came back that she legitimately felt like a baby face in this interaction with her and Dominic Mysterio, but then we continue on because Dominic Mysterio, and this was just for that portion, by the way. So then Dominic Mysterio goes on to try to compare the both of them. And he's like, you know, we both have famous fathers, obviously, Ric Flair, Rey Mysterio. And uh, he starts claiming that, you know, Rey Mysterio messed up and this and that. And, you know, he's going on about his dad and saying how that they have that in common. And Charlotte Flair basically shuts that down. And she's like, nah, I love my father. So I thought that was really good, too, that he was like trying to see eye to eye with her and she was like nope I'm not having any of that so finally we get Rhea Ripley coming out and they end up having just like this very quick like uh this very quick like face to face with the you know she's holding up the belt and she's saying she's gonna take the belt and so that's pretty much what we ended up having here and this was my favorite portion of Smackdown again because I wasn't expecting these interactions between Charlotte and Dominic and now that's all I ever want to see that's all I want to see I just want to see Charlotte Flair brag about her man and Rhea and uh Dominic brag about his mommy so there you go. Um, this was really freaking awesome. And I also like what this did here because uh, with Charlotte and Rhea, this is this is a match like we were just talking about. This is most likely going to be the main event of night one. And the thing with Charlotte and Rhea is that they already have all of this history dating back to, you know, WrestleMania 36 and Charlotte Flair defeating Rhea Ripley. And we knew that was a story and why Rhea Ripley selected Charlotte Flair as her WrestleMania opponent after winning the Royal Rumble. But... I feel like now adding all of this is just making things so much more entertaining. And this is this feels like one of the most entertaining stories that Charlotte Flair has been a part of in quite some time, you know, because I really wasn't into what she was doing with Ronda Rousey heading into WrestleMania 38. I really wasn't feeling that. Then, you know, she was gone for a long period of time. And so, you know, she comes back, she wins the title from Ronda Rousey. And, you know, there hasn't really been much with Charlotte, the stuff that she was doing with Sonya really was like, eh, it was okay. But uh, this finally feels like a big time story. And I like how this is all coming together. So thumbs up on this one, guys. Um, Steven sends in a super chat saying, I want Charlotte versus Dom at WrestleMania now. Look, man, if let's just say in some alternate universe, we were going to get Charlotte Flair versus Dominic Mysterio, it would be terrible. But I also would laugh my ass off like so much based off of this interaction. Uh, thank you so much to Steven for the uh, very nice super chat, by the way. Um, all right. And uh, we actually have uh, another super chat here that I need to pull up. This is from Heidi Ho, who says, wasn't expecting Andrade. Uh, Andra <laughs> oh, you're really going to make me read this on the air, aren't you? Heidi Ho says, wasn't expecting Andrade's dong to be mentioned on SmackDown. Neither was I. I mean, it wasn't mentioned, but it was alluded to. For sure, it was alluded to. Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho. And this is proof you send in your super chat. I will read it. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that because now there's going to be some crazy super chat sent my way. And then I don't know what I'm going to do. All right. Uh, thank you so much, seriously, to Heidi Ho for sending this in, by the way. Um, all right. So let's see what else we got here. Um, this is from Joseph, who has a complete opposite view of this, who says, this face-to-face -face did nothing to get me excited for Charlotte versus Rhea, too. It feels like mommy picked the queen so they could have fans. This was about getting Dominic over. Look. I am super interested in Charlotte and Rhea. I'm super interested in it. I think that they've been doing things little by little. Like they still got some time, you know, they still got some time. I've liked the sit down that, uh, 
Rhea recently did on Raw with Byron and Dom. And, you know, she's talking about how uh, Charlotte can't get over the past. And then prior to that, Charlotte had to sit down. So to me, this kind of added, like, it was different. It was entertaining. It wasn't your straightforward, I'm just going to kick your ass. I'm going to get the revenge. They already said all of those things in their sit-down interview. They didn't need to repeat any of that stuff. So I kind of felt like they did something a little bit different. And I don't feel like this is to get Dominic over necessarily. Um I thought this was one of the better uses of Dominic's character. Um, I was a fan of this. I was a fan of this. And I'm still excited for Charlotte and Rhea. All right, let's see what else we got here. This is from Grande Hero who says, I thought the way they used Dominic with Charlotte was pretty brilliant. They know fans are going to cheer for Rhea, so they used Dom to heat up and uh, stop Charlotte from getting booed. Hey, that's true. Remember what I just said about, you know, Charlotte always feeling like a natural heel. And this time, in this situation, when she was in there with Dom and just her, you were rooting for Charlotte. You didn't want to root for Dominic Mysterio. You're like, I'm rooting for Charlotte here. Uh, so yeah, that is definitely a point to be made. Uh, and clearly when Rhea Ripley comes in there, people are going to be cheering for Rhea Ripley, even though uh, Rhea Ripley is technically not a baby face. She's, 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 she's the heel, but she's like the heel you want to cheer for though. Uh, but thank you so much to Grande Hero for also pointing this out as well. Um, all right, so... <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and uh, press on from here, guys. <laughs> I'm just reading your guys' comments. They're hilarious. All right, so that was that portion of SmackDown. We got a quick match between Shayna defeating Natty. And uh, really what we have to also, before I forget, we are going to be getting Liv Morgan versus uh, Rhea Ripley next week on SmackDown. All right, moving on. Shayna defeats Natty in a match, and then afterwards... Um, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler jump Natty. And so Tegan Knox comes in and helps her out, makes the save. We are going to be seeing a tag team match between these two. Natty and Tegan are going to be teaming up to take on Shayna and Ronda Rousey next week. But now let's get into the Firefly Funhouse because I feel that's what people want to talk about. So now if you're looking for somebody to break down the uh, hidden meanings of this, I'm not that person, guys. I don't get hidden minions when it comes to Bray Wyatt, okay? I just don't. A lot of it, shoop, over my head for this one. But there was a lot that I liked here. And I'm going to tell you guys, you know, kind of how I felt about it. So we got this Firefly Funhouse. And first, we're watching Bray Wyatt watch himself challenging the winner of um, of uh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar. So that clip, he's watching it and, you know, he's like laughing and having a grand old time watching that. And then afterwards, he we see him in various spots. We see him filming a news segment. We see uh, Uncle Howdy doing the weather. And then we see like um, these clips where he is talking about, can you keep a secret? And uh, I'm going to put all of these up here right now because I feel like I'm just going to, I need a visual for all of these. So he's asking people, can you keep a secret? And I don't know what he means by that because everything is always very vague with Bray Wyatt. Um, he's hosting a fake game show at one point with a blonde wig. And then he just says that coming up uh, on the next Firefly Funhouse, can you keep a secret? And we do see Bray Wyatt like appear wearing, you know, a mask. And let me put it up here on the screen. So this is the mask that we see him um, wearing towards the end of the show or the end of the Firefly Funhouse. And he's saying, can you keep a secret? We got this. Can you keep a secret? And this is the Wheel of Fortune little bit here. And then we get this graphic that says Channel 6, 10 p.m. Can you keep a secret? Channel 6, 11 p.m. Can you keep a secret? Channel 6, 12 a.m. Well, can you? Stay tuned. I'm pretty sure this all means something like the 6 and the 10, the 6 and 11, the 6 and the 12. I don't feel like that's random, but I ain't even going to try to break that down. Uh, here's the shot of, I'm sure this all means something too. All of these numbers on the screen. This was supposed to be a weather segment um, with Uncle Howdy. I don't know, because based off of like the, all the white rabbit stuff that they did where they had all those little codes and stuff. I'm assuming maybe that's a little, maybe we got some of that here. I don't know, guys. I can't even pretend to understand Bray Wyatt here. Uh, here he is doing the news segment. 
here he is wearing the blonde wig and doing the game show spoof. So with that being said, uh, what's your theory on this? What secrets are we going to be getting? Now, even though I feel like I didn't understand most of this, I actually enjoyed it, though. I like the little bits of him dressed up and doing all of these, you know, hokey little things, weather stuff, game show stuff. I like that stuff. I liked it. Um, all right. So we got a super chat here from Brandon Rosen, who says, I'm just over Bray by now. The character and storyline is going nowhere. Enough with the puzzles already and just have a match. Well, we did have a match. We had a match at Royal Rumble, the pitch black match. And that was, well, that was something. Um, unfortunately, it didn't necessarily go the way that I think a lot of people wanted it to go. We've talked about that. But I think we just need to see something more exciting in ring wise. And the story stuff, I don't mind the story time stuff. They just need to speed it up. They need to speed it up. We still don't know exactly what is going on with Alexa Bliss, how she plays into this, the new version of how she plays into this. Uh, we, we still don't necessarily fully understand what's going on between Uncle Howdy and Bray Wyatt. Clearly, they're, you know, in cahoots together. We've always known that. Uh, clearly, he wants Bray Wyatt to embrace his true self, all of these words that they've been using every week. Uh, but that's kind of about it. Like, I can't give you any more than that. Man, all right. So let's see what else we got here. Uh, let's see what people are saying. Fernando Zaya says, I know I'm in the minority, but I love these Bray segments. Uh, AU says, my theory is Bray just does stuff and figures the deeper, <laughs> the deeper meaning out later. I hope not. I really hope not. Because uh, the only way that this stuff works is if you elaborately, elaborately think these things out. That's the whole point of Easter eggs, whether you watch them in, in movies and TV shows. There's so many different fandoms that like to um, do this Easter egg type of stuff. And that always is fun, but only if there's a payoff to it where you're like, oh, this came out because, you know, this tied into this or that ties into that. And I feel like we don't always get that with Bray Wyatt. Like we've have gotten some instances of it, mainly when they were doing the whole white rabbit stuff. But that one wasn't too, I didn't necessarily think that was too clever only because we all knew what it meant. We all knew it was Bray Wyatt coming back and there was nothing more to that. It was just Bray Wyatt's coming back. And here's a bunch of different uh, ways we're going to tell you in which Bray, Bray Wyatt is coming back. But it hasn't been like, um, it hasn't led to anything else other than that. So for me, the whole purpose of Easter eggs and why people get into this stuff and decoding and things like that is because one thing legitimately leads to another. And we're not getting that necessarily personally. Like, I don't feel we're getting that. Like, I don't feel I know anything more or less about what Bray Wyatt has planned or what the character is or what anything is than I did yesterday or the day before, right? So I feel like Easter eggs and decoding works if we're getting a payoff to it. And right now, I don't feel we're getting that. I feel like it's just dragging. Now, was this Firefly Funhouse fun? Yes, it was fun because you were getting all these wacky little uh, portions to it. and But that's it. That's literally it. With, but it's been better than everything else we've gotten in the past. I mean, I've been sitting here where there's been segments where the only Bray Wyatt thing I had to talk about was Bray Wyatt rocking on a chair, staring at a TV, Uncle Howdy coming in and putting his hand on his shoulder. And that was it for one week. What do you come out and talk about that? There was another week where Uncle Howdy just came out and laughed in LA Knight's face. W what more can you say about that? So they're giving us all these little bits here, but they're not stuff that you can really, um, you know, hang on to that you can really go into deep meaning about. And I think that is part of the issue with Bray Wyatt. I mean, think about it, guys. If you were sitting here doing this post show and your one clip one week was Uncle Howdy putting his, shoulder, his, hand, on the, his hand on the shoulder of Bray Wyatt, what more can you do with that? And all of these, this was all before Royal Rumble. This was all before Royal Rumble. But anyways, so I think that is the issue. If you're going to do this stuff, it's got to lead to something. It's got to be entertaining. I just don't want to see a guy come out and start laughing and, oh, it's so spooky and that's what it's supposed to be. There's got to be more to that. Um, so I'm hoping that um, I'm hoping the whole can you keep a secret thing 
makes a little bit more sense and it doesn't just keep dragging on. So I would say just don't drag it out, you know? All right. Uh, Dante NYC says exactly there's a difference between long-term storytelling and taking a long time to tell a story. Um, yeah, really, honestly. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and press on from here. If you guys have any other theories on what you think uh, is going on with Bray Wyatt or the Firefly Funhouse, please send them in. I'm all here for your uh, version or your take on things because, man, I'll take it. I need I need some explanation. <laughs> um, all right. Rey Mysterio versus Karrion Cross. Finally, yet we know it's not over. This is not going to be the last of it, guys. Rey Mysterio versus Karrion Cross. Unfortunately, this has been probably one of the least entertaining things that we've been seeing on SmackDown. Um, I didn't even know this match was happening today. I, I was watching SmackDown, and maybe I wasn't paying attention or something. And when they announced that this match was happening, I was like, Oh, shit, we're finally getting Rey Mysterio versus Karrion Cross after all of these weeks. <laughs> Although I'm pretty sure we got it earlier. Whatever. This whole thing has been a blur to me. Um, but so we get this match. It's there was a couple good moments and really some of the best moments was Rey doing that really awesome Tobey to Karrion Cross. Liked that. There was one moment where Karrion Cross just tossed out Rey Mysterio and he just landed like face first into the uh, into the ground. That was pretty cool to see. Um, but that was it, man. Uh, Cross gets the win with his uh, cross jacket and um, everything after this was way more entertaining. So it kind of sucks that we've gotten all of these weeks of carrying cross and Ray Mysterio for it to just really be this, but whatever, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm aiming and complain. Anyways, after this though, I ended up digging what we saw here. So Dominic Mysterio was out there and he gets in into the ring afterwards. Ray Mysterio is on the ground. He had just lost. He, you know, he's barely getting up and Dominic starts kind of slightly kicking Rey Mysterio, his father. So he starts kind of kicking him and he starts telling him to get up and be a man and fight me and this and that. And then he keeps getting in his dad's face. And at one point, he's like literally putting his forehead into his head and like trying to like really, really fight him, right? So Rey Mysterio is tempted. He's got his fist up, ready to fight. And I'm like, do it, Rey. Do it, Rey. He doesn't do it. Uh, he does not do anything. He's just like, thinking about it and eventually he doesn't do anything but even so I will say this they did a great job of keeping me interested to the point where I was like is he gonna do it is he gonna do it now like now is this it is this the moment where he finally snaps this was probably the first time because here's the reason why a lot of this stuff look when it comes to Dominic Mysterio the stuff that we were seeing in the beginning with Ray, with the storyline, specifically just speaking about the storyline, with Rey Mysterio and Dominic was that Dominic, one of my big issues with it was that I didn't feel we saw any intensity from Dominic Mysterio. And that was like my big thing where I'm like, bro, if you're beefing with your relative, better yet your dad, I want to see some like intensity, you know, some... Uh, sell it to me right like make me believe that you legitimately hate your father and so we never really saw any of that like it was like I hate you dad you know like like that kind of acting right and really the stuff with Dominic that's worked for me has only been the prison dom stuff the prison dom stuff I've loved because I thought it's like hilarious it's ironic it's a joke that you're it's the joke that you're a part of right so with that being said, this was the first time I saw some glimmer of intensity between uh, Ray and Dominic. Like it kind of started to feel like, okay, you know what? He had his batteries on today. So I did like this little interaction between Ray and Dom, mainly because I saw some intensity. There was some there. I will take what I can get. Uh, we got a super chat here from Stephen Marchuli. Thank you so much to Stephen, who says, uh, how, would you book, uh, how would you book Cross at WrestleMania? Oh, I don't know. It's been bad. Honestly, you know what I would do? Because to me, the version of Cross that I've enjoyed in WWE was the stuff that he did with Samoa Joe. So I ask myself, why was I interested in the stuff that he did with Samoa Joe? Well, Samoa Joe's fucking entertaining and everything he does is entertaining. But the way that Cross was being presented on NXT was like this guy who 
will who's literally okay, okay when it comes to Samoa Joe he's the guy who's gonna kill you right like he's a badass you don't mess with Samoa Joe they did a good job at on NXT of making you think that Cross was close to that level where Cross was actually a person that should be feared, right? And that's what I want them to do with Cross. I want to see Cross as a guy who is feared on the roster. And I'm not talking like hokey, creepy, uh, fallen prey, here's your tarot card, creepy. No, we already got Bray Wyatt doing that type of stuff. We don't necessarily need this from Karrion Cross either, okay? Uh, none of this, the TikTok stuff, we got to get more than that. Hearing the catchphrase over and over. Well, it's a catchphrase, so you do got to hear it over and over. But we need to get more substance from the promos. So with that being said, because I don't like the promos, I would say take them all out. I don't like anything that we've been hearing from the promos. I would, I would go simple with Cross. Go out there and just have them beat people. Just have them beat people. Make them look like a monster. No more of the cross jacket. I actually hate it. I find it incredibly boring. Um, I would just make him more exciting. Build him up. Have him do stuff with the brawling brutes. Have matches with Butch. Have matches with Ridge. Have matches with uh, with Sheamus, with Drew McIntyre. Building him up. Maybe he could be somebody that could eventually challenge Gunther. Um, stuff along those lines is what personally I would do with Cross in terms of WrestleMania. Um, even if we got, I mean... No, because I was going to say Gunther, I'm, I'm holding out for Brock Lesnar. I want to see Cross and, uh, sorry, I want to see Gunther and Brock Lesnar. Is there somebody that I specifically want to see Cross with right now at WrestleMania? No. I can't even tell you one person. I don't want to see Cross and Rey Mysterio. No, definitely not. So right now it's been so bad for Cross on SmackDown that I don't even have an idea for you on what he can even do at WrestleMania. But with that being said, what I mentioned earlier is how I would switch things up for Cross on SmackDown. I would maybe bring in some of that influence and why he was working on the NXT Black and Gold brand previously and um, incorporate that into um, the main roster. So there you go. I, I hope that answered your question. Thank you so much to Steven uh, for sending that in. All righty. So let's go ahead and uh, post, uh, continue on from this and get into... Um, all right, so let's get into Jimmy and Jay and Sami Zayn and everything that they did with the bloodline. So this was my second favorite thing on SmackDown today. This is actually really good. This is up there for sure. Um, the only reason why it's my second favorite thing is because nothing beats that Charlotte line from today because that was really hilarious. Um, all right, but anyways, so we got Jimmy going out there. And so basically prior to this, Paul Heyman is telling Jimmy like, hey, Roman is telling me that if you don't solve this whole thing with, uh, you don't fix the Jay issue, he's going to have to fix Jay himself next week. Okay. Roman Reigns has been promoted for next week's SmackDown. Cool. So Jimmy goes out there and he's talking to his brother directly to the camera. And he says, um, I know you're torn. I know you're hurting when you hurt. I'm hurt. I'm always there for you. And now I need you to be there for me. Um, Sami Zayn comes out and then he starts telling Jimmy that he's upset with him, that he's hurt. He's hurt by him because of their history. He says, like, Jimmy, you used to be my brother. You used to be my dog. Uh, you made me an honorary ooze. You believe you believed in me even before Jay. And basically, Sami Zayn is upset that Jimmy had no loyalty to Sami Zayn. And so then Jimmy, I'm thinking like, is he going to easily fall for this? Is he going to be like sad about it? Is he going to ask for forgiveness? I don't know what's going to happen here. So then Jimmy's like pissed off. He's angry. He's like, no, you, you're selfish, Sammy. He starts calling Sammy selfish. He starts telling him that he made his choice and that Jimmy had to do what he needed to do. So Jimmy wasn't buying anything of what Sammy Zayn was seeing. Jimmy wasn't seeing any issue with anything um, that Sammy was pointing out to him during the segment here. So um, finally, so we're getting them kind of going back and forth. They're arguing and then... We see Jey Uso 
come out from the crowd, kind of like where he came out um, the, the, the week before. So Jey Uso slowly comes down. At this point, we're already seeing Sami Zayn and Jimmy Uso fighting. And Jey Uso is not hurrying up by any means to get into that ring. And we get Solo Sokoa, who ends up running out there first. And then Sami Zayn, once he realizes he's uh, outnumbered, kind of goes off in his own you know, direction. So this one here is pretty much the same thing. They're still holding off on whether or not Jey Uso is going to side with Jimmy or is he going to side with Sami Zayn? And at some point, the decision has to be made. Uh, I don't know when or how they're going to do it. Uh, my whole argument was that they should have done it at Elimination Chamber. Now it kind of feels like they're really trying to uh, extend this as long as they possibly can. So eventually we need to see Jay say, especially if that's what they're going with for WrestleMania, which seems like the most realistic option, which is going to be Jimmy J uh, versus uh, Sammy and Kevin. So we'll see when they officially uh, do this, but that is what we got here today. Uh, someone please, Please, let's have Jay just make a damn decision already. But I will say this. One of the things that I really enjoyed about this, though, is that lately, in recent weeks, a lot of the attention has been about Jay, right? Because of the whole friendship between him and Sami Zayn. So the last couple of weeks, we've really been only talking about Jay Uso or talking about him primarily. And with Jimmy... This was kind of the first time in a while where we really got to hear him, hear what he has to say, how he feels about things, where his allegiance truly is. If he, you know, felt any sort of remorse for having to turn his back on somebody that was his friend at one point in Sami Zayn. And so that's kind of, I like that. I like that we got to hear from Jimmy Uso here today. So I liked that part for Jimmy. Triple Stroke sends in a super chat. Thank you so much to uh, Triple Stroke who says, Lesnar's Twilight years are being fed to Omas. God, I hope not. Okay, I'm thinking that the whole thing about Omas challenging Brock Lesnar uh, to a match and for Brock Lesnar to come answer it on this coming episode of Monday Night Raw, I'm hoping this is all just like a swerve that is going to lead us into something else. Because if Brock Lesnar, Omaz, is our WrestleMania match, bro, that is like a serious letdown. A serious letdown. This is WrestleMania 39 in SoFi freaking stadium. You got a South Two nights, all right? Two nights. I don't want to see Brock Lesnar versus Omaz at WrestleMania, okay? This was not, I. Uh, that's not ideal for me. That's not a WrestleMania matchup. I'm sorry. I love Omaz. I think he's great. But Omaz versus Brock is not the way to go for WrestleMania, okay? And um, I'm assuming something's going to happen that's going to lead to whatever it is that we are actually going to be seeing for Brock Lesnar. Uh, I can't believe. And I was talking about this on the Raw Post Show where I can't believe that we went in the span of a week from thinking we were going to see Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar to thinking just this past Friday, I really thought we were going to end up seeing Bray Wyatt versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania to now possibly Bray Wyatt versus Omos. Omos, what the hell? Like that... In, in, a, in a week, we had three different possibilities for an opponent for Brock Lesnar. When the only person that I want to see against Brock Lesnar is at WrestleMania 39, although I know they're not probably going to do it because it's too good to be true, is Gunther. But it's too good to be true. It ain't going to happen. Everything that's good to be true doesn't happen. Heidi Ho sends in a super chat saying, Jimmy was making a valid point. Sammy swung the chair one. Uh, says, Sammy swung the chair and he responded accordingly. Well, can't argue that. You know what? Jimmy has his Jimmy has his reasons. Jimmy has his Jimmy has his point. But then again, they were friends at one point, though. He made him an honorary Ooze man in one of the best segments ever for the bloodline. That was my personal favorite moment of the bloodline ever, was that honorary Ooze segment. But hey. Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho for sending in this super chat. Um, all right. So 
Oh no, Chris Gibbs says Omaz and Lesnar's one long piss break. Dude, it's so my stadium is huge. You're gonna have to walk a lot, man, to get to the bathroom. I really like SoFi. I don't know how many of you guys been to SoFi, but it has like a space feel. Like I went once, uh, twice actually, but once when it was all done and stuff. And they really make you feel like, I don't know, you're in the future. That's how I felt inside SoFi. It's kind of crazy. I really like it though. It's really nice. It's really like high end, like futuristic. That's what they did with SoFi for those of you who are wondering. All right. But that is um, for next week's SmackDown. Roman Reigns returns. Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley. Natty and Tegan Knox versus Ronda Rousey and Shayna. But now on to AEW Rampage. Twitch Face 4 says, I'm actually intrigued by Lesnar and Omas. No, no, you're not. Don't lie to yourself, Twitch Face 4. Don't lie to yourself. Uh, John Deller sends in a super chat saying, Jay will turn on Sammy, not his bro. Of course, of course, he's definitely going to turn on Sammy. Uh, he, that's definitely the direction that, you know, we're expecting things to go in. Or should have gone in at Elimination Chamber. But that's it. I promised myself I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be that person that rants about the same thing over and over again. All right, AEW Rampage time. The Young Bucks versus Ozzy Open. I mentioned at the top of the stream that this was a really good match. Ozzy Open, big fan of theirs. Love what they do every time they come into AEW and uh, they get any sort of opportunity where it's a trios match or whatever. They always freaking kill it. So I'm glad that they had an opportunity. Uh, here today um and this one here dude this was fun this was really fun this was probably one of my favorite uh openers for rampage in a while guys it's been a while because i don't know how many of you guys have been watching rampage consistently but the show's been a little bit of a struggle the last couple of weeks um it's been a, it's been bad it hasn't been too great and so i thought today was a good show uh primarily because i thought that you know what I know we didn't get a lot of story stuff, but well, we did get some story stuff. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. We did get some story stuff, but I really enjoyed a lot of the matches that we saw here today. Like I didn't feel like there was one match that I didn't enjoy. I enjoyed all of the wrestling that we saw today. And so for me, that was a huge improvement on uh, today's rampage. So I'm like, okay, I'm liking that. They're at least aware that rampage is not necessarily pitch perfect and that they need to make some changes because the problem with rampage to me is that it doesn't feel like must see tv and that's an issue now young bucks versus aussie open for a lot of fans including myself this felt like a must see match so even if i wasn't covering rampage and i was just you know tuning in for whatever I would tune in specifically for this match um this had some big moments guys this was everything you wanted hard-hitting stuff Mark Davis going in there and literally uh you know he's a bigger dude so he's gonna go in there and have more of like those like high impactful moments during this match we got some really nice flow between all these four guys because you know they can all do pretty cool shit in the ring it's pretty crazy I mean we're seeing a uh, crossbody sentence break Buster from Kyle to Nick to the outside. Um, there was an awesome lariat from Mark Davis to Matt Jackson, which was a uh pretty fun there was a bte trigger from the young bucks that hurt just to watch because they ended up hitting themselves so you just see their knees and their shins clash against each other and as a viewer i was like ouch that definitely hurt um we see nick jackson do like a corkscrew I don't even know what the hell we saw him do. It was like a, he, he did it like a corkscrew splash or something over the top rope. It was really cool. The only moment that I didn't like was that they had the lights go down during this. And at first I'm like, God, I've already been complaining about the lights out things. Like I don't, I'm not a fan of them doing it so much at this point. They've overdone it. Um, I didn't like them doing that in this match because it kind of, it hit too much of a pause button on a really great flow of a match. And it was like, we all came into a sudden stop with the, um, the lights out bit. And that was basically the whole story was that that was just a warning that, Hey, house of black is coming for the elites, which we already knew. And so then afterwards, finally, we do see the young bucks get the win. And then the lights go out. House of black appears, stares them down. Lights go down. 
And then the House of Black disappears. I don't mind them doing that after the match, but I didn't think it needed to be done during the match. That kind of pissed me off a little bit, but whatever, whatever. Pissed me off is too much of a strong word. It bothered me. Uh, It bothered me that they did that because I was so into it. Um, And I just didn't like that pause, you know? But anyways, we are going to be getting the Young Bucks. uh, We are going to be getting the Elite, excuse me, uh, versus the House of Black. So that's going to be happening at Revolution. That was officially announced here today. Um, Thank goodness we know what we're going with. Well, we've known already since, what, last week that we were going to be doing this. So I'm glad. Good. No more lights off during the match. That's all I ask for. Do it before. Do it after. I don't care. Just not during the match. And not especially when we're getting Young Bucks versus Ozzy Open. That's all I ask for. Very simple person. That's all I ask for. All right. Um. The guns and Big Bill and Mor- Lee Moriarty attack best friends in the back. Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale. This was a nice match. I really liked this match because a lot of what they've been doing for the women on Rampage has kind of felt like copy and paste. Normally for Rampage, we get Jade Cargill's matches and they're kind of the same thing every week. So I'm glad we switched it up this week and kind of saw something a little bit different with Tony Storm and Willow Nightingale because we actually kind of got a matchup here. We actually got a nice little matchup here. Uh, Tony goes in on the attack on Willow Nightingale right away. Uh, she hits her with a, t- uh, a, a hip attack at one point. Willow then gets her with a cannonball. Looks really cool. Death Valley driver from Willow. She goes for the pin on Tony Storm. Tony Storm kicks out. We see the Storm Zero from Tony Storm, and she gets the win. After this match, Soraya tries to spray paint a uh, willow in this match but instead ruby soho comes out runs her off and as they're running away brit and uh brit baker and um jamie hater they come out and run them off and so this is uh, well technically they don't just run them off Jamie chases Soraya for a bit and ends up like attacking her once she eventually gets to this stage. So we got to see a nice little a continuation here, considering that we're going to be seeing uh, Jamie versus Soraya versus Ruby at uh, Revolution. And Ruby is still Switzerland. She, too, has not made a choice. She and Jey Uso need to get together, sit down, and talk about their decisions and really nail things down because they both can't make a decision to save their lives. Um, Anyways, but... um, So like I said, I liked this because it felt different. Something different for the women on Rampage. A different match, a different layout. It felt fresh. So that was my my plus for this one. Brandon Rosen sends in a super chat saying when the lights went out for a third time in one segment, I was like late. I was, I was like, really? I don't like, I, I don't know. Every time the lights go out, I get this like (gasps) feeling where you're thinking something really major is going to happen. And then you remember like, Oh, it's the house of black. So you're not really going to get anything specifically here. To me, the lights out, whenever you put the lights out in wrestling or in any sort of show, it's to reveal something grand, you know? And when you keep doing that, it takes away from the, ooh, something really big is going to happen right now. It takes away from that. And so I kind of personally just felt that it was pointless to do it during the match. If you're going to do it, they always do it for House of Black when they enter or exit or all of that. That's fine because I understand that. I know that's part of their shtick and all of that. But during the match, man. All right. Anyways, thank you to Brandon Rosen for sending this. I appreciate it. Uh, John Deller sends in a super chat saying Tony's Tony's hip attack looked awesome. It always looks awesome. It always sounds awesome. I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. Brandon Rosen sends in a super chat saying Willow Nightingale is so over. She's so incredibly likable. TK has to give her some wins and have her be Jade Cargill. She's been the person that, you know, a lot of people have been saying should be the person to beat Jade Cargill, but they also need to make sure that she's featured a little bit more so that you just don't have just, you know, Willow defeating Jade Cargill, but you want to build people up. Like, She's already liked. Now get the people behind her, seeing her consistently and getting her those wins and then have her beat Jade Cargill. That's where I'm at with that. Uh, Thank you so much to Brandon Rosen for sending this in. Uh, Simeon says Ruby's decision is to exploit the situation to win the title. I don't think Ruby's winning the title at all at uh, Revolution. I I don't even think Soraya's winning it. I'm this. 
it hasn't convinced me enough to even think that there's a possibility that Jamie is, is going to lose her title. Like I'm feeling very confident in this. In fact, I would be kind of a little bit upset if Jamie were to lose her title um, at revolution. No, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm looking forward to it being a good match, but that's, I'm not expecting there to be any title change here uh, at all. All right. So, Let's press on. Uh, we see another attack in the back. We see Satnam uh, Singh, Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Sanjay Dutt attack the acclaim during an interview. So we also get to see that. We also see a video package from Jade Cargill where she's talking about uh, being 53 and 0 and saying that your favorite should be begging her for a match. We get the return of Lance Archer and he takes on um, Bryce and they said his last name, but I didn't write it down. But he takes down Bryce. That's what we're going to call him. Just Bryce. Um, we haven't seen Lance Archer in a while. Uh, happy to see him back. This was a quick squash. Uh, I didn't really actually like this match. I thought it was a really boring squash. I've said this before, but when it comes to squash matches, especially with guys like the size of Lance Archer, um, I want to see killer stuff, man. It needs to be high impact, entertaining stuff. This was a very slow, boring squash. So I don't like boring squashes. Uh, I felt a little bit disappointed where I was like, man, I'm like a fan of Lance Archer. So I don't want to see him come in here and have this boring squash of a match, but he, it's hilarious. He gets the win. Good for him. Happy. He's back. Uh, he's, he's always been somebody that I very much enjoyed on the roster. And I would like to see him in big storylines. And one of the last best things that I saw him do is that match with Hangman Page. Thought they did great work during that. Um, so I do want to see Lance Archer get his moment on AEW. So I'm rooting for him, man. I'm rooting for him. Action Andretti versus Sammy Guevara in the main event. A really fun little fast-paced match that we saw here. Uh, my favorite was the uh, like the running Spanish fly that Action Andretti did on Sammy. That was pretty much what I was expecting because he could do certain things with Sammy that he may not be able to do with a lot of other people. But whatever, this was great. Um, Sammy gets the win with the help of uh, Daniel Garcia. Um that's fine. It was a fine main event. I enjoyed it for what it was. But we need to talk about um, what's been announced for Wednesday's Dynamite. So, oh, we also had a backstage segment where Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes agreed to take on Swerve Strickland and uh, Parker Boudreaux. So, in a tag team match. So, for Wednesday's Dynamite, we have some interesting matches lined up. And I don't necessarily know how they're very random. Well, they're not very random. We saw a lot of the reasons as to why, but they're just not. Let me tell you what they are. Orange Cassidy versus Big Bill. We saw the attack earlier today. I mean, on Rampage. So there you go. Orange Cassidy versus Big Bill. He's going to want some revenge. This is for the All-Atlantic title. I'm hoping this one's fun. I'm hoping this is one of those surprise matches that is actually really entertaining. I think this one has this one has some potential. I'm not completely disregarding it. Hook is going to wrestle Matt Hardy. Very felt a little random. Just a tad bit. But Okay. Uh, if he wins, he'll then get a match against Stokely Hathaway. Hook. If H Hook wins, he'll get a match against Stokely Hathaway. Tony Storm versus Riho. That should be a good one. I hope that's a good one. Chris Jericho versus Peter Avalon. That one, to me, feels the same way that I felt about John Moxley versus Evil Uno. Uh, we're also getting the face of the Revolution ladder match taking place on, Ramp on Dynamite. And... This is going to be Takeshita, Ortiz, Action Andretti, Sammy Guevara, Powerhouse Hobbs, Eddie Kingston, AR Fox, and Commander. So in terms of like what we're seeing here, um, Takeshita is the person that I feel had. So whoever wins gets a TNT title shot. They didn't say if it's going to be at Revolution or at uh or on Dynamite. One of the things that I mentioned earlier was that they didn't and they didn't repeat the they didn't repeat Samoa Joe versus Wardlow during the lineup when they were going down AW Revolution's card, and they didn't necessarily specify when this TNT championship is going to be happening. So I'm pretty sure we'll they'll clarify that pretty soon. But anyway, so Takeshita 
is somebody that I think given everything that he's been doing and he's been getting over, he would be a great one to win. Ortiz, I don't think they're going to have Ortiz win. Action and Dreddy would be fun, but I also don't think they're going to, I don't know if they're going to go that direction. Uh, I would actually really like to see Action and Dreddy get the win here. Uh, Sammy Guevara. Powerhouse Hobbs would be interesting too because uh, if he wins, he would go up against Samoa Joe and there's history there. And Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, they were doing the whole Book of Hobbs things, giving them uh, more of a little bit of a push, a little bit more of a background with the Book of Hobbs. Uh, Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston's kind of just been floating around right now. He hasn't necessarily been in a storyline that has been too interesting. And for Eddie Kingston, it's a little rare because he's been pretty much in top storylines and top featured storylines. A.R. Fox is another one that I think is interesting because uh, he's been very great with Top Fly. I think he has the possibility of having a phenomenal match with Samoa Joe. So that would be interesting. Uh, Commander's interesting too because it's not a name that you expected. Um, um, so with that being said, there's a lot of different directions that they could go into with this match. I could see it being Takeshita. I could see it being Action Andretti, Sammy, Hobbs, uh, Air Fox. Uh, I think there's a lot of directions in which they can go for with this match. But we'll see um, what they eventually end up doing and how this all plays out with Samoa Joe and when exactly this is all going down. So we'll see. We'll see. Alrighty, everybody. So that is AEW Rampage, WWE SmackDown from February 24th. Um, all right. Before I go, just a heads up, everyone. If you haven't already, please, please subscribe to F4W Online. We're so close to 100K. Like, we're practically licking it. So make sure you subscribe uh, to the channel if you haven't already. And while you're subscribing to F4W Online, please do not forget to head on over to YouTube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I have officially surpassed 92,000 subscribers. Please go there, hit that subscribe button. I'm going to be at AEW Revolution in San Francisco. You guys know I'll be getting that scrum footage. I'll be posting that up um, for your enjoyment. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any of that and any additional content that I post up. I always post a lot of stuff when it comes to the pay-per-view weekends. Uh, pay-per-view weekends are usually my most busiest when it comes to the YouTube channel. Channel. All the Royal Rumble footage is still up. You can check all of that stuff out. There's lots to see on there. Um, but other than that, I will catch you back next week here on F4W Online for Speak Now Pro Wrestling. And uh, the next show will be on Tuesday for NXT. Until next time, everybody, have an awesome weekend. Thank you so much for being here. Bye, everyone. <laughs>